space. The final frontier. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Yeah, you know we like to talk about space now and again here on the program. There's a story that's been number one on the Global News webpage all day long. And I can see why. The headline is really, really interesting. Part of the sun breaks free and forms a strange vortex baffling scientists. So I thought, hey, I'll read this story and then we can talk about it on the air. So I read the story. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea what they're talking about. So we decided to reach out to someone who will know. We know that. We've talked to him before. Frank Florian is the director of the Planetarium and Space Sciences at TELUS World of Science. Frank, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on, Shay, again. What is this? What are we talking about here? A piece of the sun broke off? What, do we, what does that mean? Well, it's not, not as dramatic as that story <laughs> or that headline makes it out to be. I mean, the sun itself uh, right now is becoming more active. It's uh, yeah, The sun itself has an 11-year solar cycle, and in that 11-year period, it kind of wanes in its uh, energy output and, and, and its activity, and then it starts to build until we get to the solar maximum. We're right now coming back up to solar maximum, which means the sun's getting more active. And when we use our telescopes at the Science Center using a special filter, we can actually see these eruptions of gas coming off the, the solar surface. Now, well, what in fact happened right now is that basically there was a, uh, an explosion uh, on the surface of the sun, which does happen. These are called uh, coronal mass ejections, mm-hmm. and the sun does spit out stuff uh, out into space all the time. Um, this one, though, happened in the northern region of the sun, uh, upwards of the, around the 55th uh, latitude, so fairly high, almost like Edmonton's uh, latitude on the Earth. So, you know, fairly high in the northern extremes of the sun, and when it spat out the material, it didn't actually fly away from the sun. It basically kind of swirled around the North Pole of the sun. And, and I think astronomers have never seen quite something like that before. Oh, interesting. Okay, so it's a typical thing that we'd see, but the way it acted after it ex- or ejected is interesting. Okay, what, what does it mean? I mean, uh, when we talk about those coronal mass ejections or whatever, uh, sometimes there's a risk that they can cause problems down here on Earth. Does this fit into that category at all, do you think? Oh, yeah, it's all gloom and doom. No, no not, not at all. Uh, you know, these things happen all the time. They, when we get a coronal mass ejection and uh, that material hurdles its way out into space and, and, and interacts with the Earth's magnetic field, we can get some beautiful auroral displays in our evening sky. In fact, over the past week, there's been uh, numerous... Uh, alerts that were given out saying, hey, get outside and look for northern light. So, you know, that's one of the things that can happen from these types of outbursts from the sun is just beautiful northern light activity. But depending upon how strong these particular outbursts are, they can interfere with our radio communication and um, other types of signals can shut down satellites in Earth orbit. So there's some hazards to these particular outbreaks. Now, we don't have to worry about these particles themselves doing much for life forms here on the Earth, uh, but it can interact with a lot of our electrical devices that we use in our everyday life nowadays. Gotcha. Okay, but this is just part of the typical cycle. It's not anything uh, wildly unusual then. Well, it's just a little bit unusual in the sense that this... this uh, um Explosion happens uh, on this filament or this uh, little, uh, pr- you know, little bit of gas kind of looping right. around called the prominence, and it. Uh, and what happens is that you get these localized magnetic fields around sunspot groups, and they trap energy. And uh, over time, that energy gets released, and that's when the sun sort of blows its top in a way, and it, it, it expels a lot of material out in the space. This stuff, though, from this time around, uh, didn't expel it in space. It kind of just uh, hovered around the north pole of the sun. Now, the sun itself is like a big bar magnet in space, and in this 11-year solar cycle, the sun itself has its magnetic field flip. 
the North Pole oh, okay. of the, the sun becomes the South Pole, and the South Pole becomes the North Pole. And uh, this, this astronomers do know, and uh, the cycle of this flipping of the North and South pole, major pole of the sun, magnetic pole, uh, basically... You know, it, it can do some weird things to the magnetic field of the sun overall, where, again, some of these particles will follow because it's a plasma that you're dealing with when you're dealing with the sun's gases. It's superheated gas that is now charged particles, and they'll follow these magnetic field lines. So when we saw this one kind of erupt in the north region of, of the sun, you could kind of see that there's something strange happening with the magnetic field at the north pole of the sun. And and I think astronomers are thinking right now that that could maybe say that the magnetic field of the sun itself is now flipping or reversing, which means we're getting closer and closer to that solar maximum period. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, one other one before I let you get out of here. This this Russian satellite with an undisclosed mission uh, was... I don't know, it was destroyed in Earth's orbit last month, sending a cloud of debris whipping around the planet. We've talked about this space junk before. What do you know about this? Is this a big deal? Well, anytime they kind of destroy a satellite in Earth orbit, it's always a big deal, especially for the astronauts on, on board any of the space stations, yeah. like the International Space Station. And, you know, it doesn't take much. That stuff, uh, even just the, the grain of sand traveling very quickly can puncture the the International Space Station's uh, metal and, you know, could create a breach and that could actually put all the astronauts in uh, you know hazards uh, in, in, in the way of uh, you know gloom and doom for their part if they you know don't put their spacesuits on fast enough so you know these things out there that's not a good thing breaking up satellites in low earth orbit is not a good thing to do in fact with more junk up there it becomes even more hazardous even launch rockets into space because you just never know where some of the small stuff is i mean uh, NORAD, uh, U.S. Space Command, actually does keep track of a lot of the stuff up there. But again, a lot of the smaller things, we just don't have any control over. And uh, it all becomes this big shooting gallery out there. And if you're at the wrong place at the right time, I guess, <laughs> you can get uh, these uh, things hitting you. So that's not a good thing. No, and and there's so much of it up there, too. I mean, it's just all over the place now and more being added all the time. It's a little scary. Yeah, you know, go outside on any given night right now, and you can look up, and I, I, I have to say, I'm seeing more and more satellites every time crossing the sky. Even with our light blue environments here in, uh, say, Edmonton or Calgary, and you're looking up there, you'll see satellites. Sometimes you might even see Elon Musk's uh, Starlink satellites, which is a train of 60-plus satellites. Yeah, I've seen that, yeah. Little row. And they're incredible, but again, the more junk that we put up there, you know, the the... The, the chances now of something actually hitting something uh, of uh, value or importance is going to be much greater. So it's it's uh, not, not a good thing. No, definitely not. Frank, it's a good thing chatting with you, though. I always look forward to it. Thanks so much for your time today. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.